0: For those of us in Australia who are accustomed to January being a quieter and a more flexible month, it's our sort of summer holiday season. In terms of the church year, there's a lot happening over this weekend, and we've had a little taste of that. Some of us who gathered on Friday evening for Twelfth Night, the 12 days of Christmas culminated on Friday evening. It is an occasion for festivities, for company, and occasionally for some games and mischief, didn't hear about too many games of mischief that emerged at that time, but we did pack up our Christmas decorations. And uh, that is all in anticipation of yesterday, which is also uh, a significant day in our church year, which was Epiphany. That is when we mark, as we reflected in the first hymn, the coming of the wise men, the, uh, those who are astronomers following from the east, following the star. And they didn't arrive at the stable or wherever it was that Jesus was born. That may have been uh, weeks, months, even years later that they came. And it is particularly significant because they are the first Gentiles to behold Jesus and how special Jesus was as the, the light to the nations. So that was yesterday. And the first Sunday after Epiphany is the baptism of Jesus, So we've run from the birth of Jesus to the epiphany, and now we're into the baptism of Jesus. Each year, uh, we go through a different gospel. Last year, it was the gospel of Matthew was shaping our readings. This year, it's the gospel of Mark. Next year, it'll be the gospel of Luke. Mark doesn't give us any information about Jesus' birth or his childhood. He just appears... In the midst of John the Baptist's baptisms. So let's start at that point as we just look at this clip and reflect on how this figure emerges that suddenly changes the world. The baptism of Jesus is one of those occasions recorded in all four Gospels, and it marks the commencement of Jesus' public ministry. It's hard for us to imagine just how profound that moment and that scene, and in particular, that version we just seen there, that clip, um, draws a connection between Jesus' baptism and the cross. In Jesus' baptism, he crosses the threshold from his private life in the family into his public ministry, and he takes on the mission of God in what it means to be truly one with us. Now, God with us has been the theme we've obviously reflected on in Christmas, Jesus taking human form, taking, entering into the fullness of human life. But baptism connects Jesus with us at a deeper level, not just experientially, that he knew what it was to grow up in all the realities of of life, and in the world of Jesus, that was quite a a challenging and uh, not an easy life. But Jesus commences that journey from baptism to the cross and then beyond. As, Matthew, sorry, as Mark presents Jesus, there are a lot of words that relate to Jesus' activity. And even though it tells us that Jesus did a lot of teaching, Mark's Gospel doesn't give us the content of that teaching. We only have one parable that's unpacked in Mark's Gospel, unlike Matthew and Luke that gives us a lot of the parables and teachings of Jesus. But it's more Jesus revealed in action. And I'll come back to that at the end of our reflections on the baptism of Jesus. So what was happening at this remarkable event? First of all, John the Baptist had signalled that God was in action in a way which had been long anticipated for centuries. Now it wasn't that God was totally silent. God had been raising up people who were speaking of God and speaking God's word uh, prophets were occurring um, we know as you mentioned last week that Anna was a, a prophet in the temple but John the Baptist is a different order if you like in terms of he was a, a character that was gaining national attention so we told him Mark that people came from Jerusalem and Judea from all over to come to, before John and his message was in preparation for the coming of the one who is to follow me, you need to be repentant. Change the way you are directed in life. Make those choices to get back on track. So repentance is the heart of John's message. So we could see in that clip his confusion when he recognises the Lord as to why of all people didn't need to repent. His path was exactly the path he needed to be on. So it raises the question, why was Jesus baptised? when it's clear that personally he had no need to repent or change direction. And the short answer is that for Jesus to take upon the work upon the cross, he needed to stand with the community of people, who are in need of forgiveness, in need of repentance. So that when Jesus, upon the cross, received the cost of that forgiveness, he was doing it not from a distance, but in that space of being estranged from God. So there's some short answers we can give that this is Jesus' even deeper, if you like, his his Christmas incarnation taking on human form was entering into human experience in his baptism he was taking on the the soul experience that inner soul experience that also needed to be redeemed I'm not going to push it overly but just to highlight a couple of features that we see in Mark's gospel I want our service as a whole to speak to this not just the sermon Mark tells us that just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open. Now, I cannot imagine what that looked like. I think none of us can... There's a picture, there's a photo of what it would have looked like. Other scenes we can imagine far more readily. But this picture of heaven being opened at that moment takes us into something that is just beyond our capacity to to comprehend but we can glimpse it what we see in mark's gospel in particular is what heaven opened looks like when it breaks down into the realities of the world around us when jesus engages with broken people when he enters into uh, experiences of those who have been Um, damaged or those who have been unwell for for many years the man upon the stretcher the lame man and many others that we see in Mark's Gospel begin to see well what does heaven look like for these people and there's a little glimpse, an outpouring a foretaste of heaven is reflected where Jesus engages with these people I'm going to finish the sermon with a clip of a song from Lauren Daigle which is about Rescue Me But this particular clip has a number of scenes from the the ministry of Jesus that really grabs our attention. Heaven isn't just some ephemeral thing. It actually enters into this world and makes a difference. And that's the thing that I'm really hoping that we grapple with this morning. As heaven was being torn open, heaven begins to be poured out like showers through the ministry of Jesus that continues to unfold. Not only was Jesus coming out and heaven being opened, but Mark tells us that the spirit descended on him like a dove. Like a dove, actually wasn't a dove, but it had some sort of activity but it seemed like it, something that was um, energised and something that was coming from beyond and entering into that world. It's here that the first Bible reading we had from Acts actually makes the connection because uh, one of those verses that says that Paul was in Corinth, he decided to take the, uh, the inland route to Ephesus. If you know your maps, that's a long, long journey. That's right up through Greece, right up through Macedonia, around the top, over Gallipoli, down into Turkey, right down the western Turkey coast. That's a long journey one sentence, and Paul made that journey. As he was journeying, he encountered these 12 men who had been baptised by John, and they didn't realise that there was another baptism. They thought it was the baptism of John. And so Paul says, no, there's an even greater baptism than what you've experienced. And we remember that John the Baptist said, I baptise you with a baptism of repentance. Jesus brings the spirit. The baptism of Jesus brings the spirit. And I was reflecting on that and uh, thinking, well, how does that speak to us today? And it struck me that often when we present the gospel, we talk a lot about repentance. And a lot of versions of what does it mean to become a Christian, come to faith, we repent of our sins. Absolutely true. True. That is front and centre in Jesus' ministry. But the baptism that Jesus brings isn't just the baptism of John of repentance. It is also receiving the Spirit. And sometimes we leave that bit out when we focus so much on repentance. Repentance alone without the Spirit is John the Baptist's ministry. Paul said no. No. Jesus is the one, as he received the Spirit, so he bestows the Spirit. So that's also a reminder for us perhaps as we focus a new year, not just to focus on our sense of needing to repent and you know, as we mature in our faith, we become even more aware of all the things that are not wrong and how far short we grow. That's a very common experience. But also focus on whether we are willing and open to receiving the spirit to enter into us as Jesus has promised. What it does highlight for us is that God was in action through the ministry of Jesus. And at this moment, in a way in which we just glimpse, a voice from heaven said, later on in Mark's gospel, in the transfiguration, the voice from heaven, the father's voice also speaks. The father is speaking, you are my dearly beloved son, And I love the New Living Translation version. And you bring me great joy because you are bringing, you're about the mission and the ministry that God is wanting. Can't press sort of detailed understandings and explanations of it other than the sense that we are entering into something that is genuinely awesome and beyond our ability to fully explain. What we see in that, and this is picked up in a lot of the, uh, the, especially the Greek Orthodox and the more Eastern traditions, is that in this moment of Jesus' baptism, God the Trinity is reflected. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit are in action. The visible part of that action is the person of Jesus. But the engine room of it, the working of it, is very much in the Trinity of God. Father, Son and Spirit are on the move. This is the painting I showed last year that reflects something of the enormity, evokes it, that in this moment of baptism there is the, the activity of the Spirit, God breaking into this world with a burst of energy and light but also a foreshadowing of the cross, the death and resurrection. And the way the video clip had it with Jesus going down, it was almost like his death before he emerged with the new life. There is this connection that this journey that Jesus has commenced, the threshold that he has crossed, will lead him to the cross and to the resurrection. So where does it take us? So we focus on the Gospel of Mark this year, and I'll use this a number of times. What is the traditional symbol for the Gospel of Mark? Anyone know? Sure, someone wants to actually know. I'm sure you do know, you're just not game to say it. Okay, the traditional symbol for the Gospel of Mark is the lion. So often when you have badges for Sir Mark's College and others, it will show the lion. It's hard for many of us not to see the lion and not to think of Aslan in the lion and the witch in the wardrobe, the lion who leaps in and begins to push back against the winter and the beginnings of spring emerges. The lion in particular is a symbol of power and of authority but also of movement. So there are three things that are quite distinctive about Mark's gospel over against Matthew and Luke. First of all is the use of the word immediately. 21 times Mark uses the word immediately. It's a very energetic word. Jesus is almost bounding like a lion from this to that to that. He's on the move. Things are happening. If uh, other Gospels are uh, more like a, um, you know, John's Gospel has the large panoramic vision and Matthew has Jesus doing a lot of sitting down and teaching. And in Luke, we see Jesus bearing the load for those who are, are poor and those who are afflicted, those who are weak. In Mark, it's almost like street theatre. Someone you never know, quite know what they're going to do next and it invites the, the onlookers to come and join. Come closer. Come and be part of this. It's the way that Mark's gospel works. Mark also talks about the authority and the amazement that people see, not so much just in the teaching, but time and again Mark records an episode where Jesus does something and people are saying, who can do that? Who can heal? Who can still a storm? Who can forgive sins? By what authority can he do this? And after each of these episodes, Mark includes a line, variations of the line, it says... And the crowd, the onlookers, were astonished. They were asking themselves, what is going on here in Jesus? This is no ordinary thing. So as we read Mark's gospel this year, we get drawn in like the crowd to to come closer. Stop being at the back. Come forward a bit. Come and be part of this movement is the way that Mark is shaped. And finally... We see Jesus, the servant king. Jesus is the Messiah, but not as anyone had dreamt or imagined. A Messiah, not who comes of a great army like King David on a warrior horse, but a Messiah who had a deeper power to change and whose kingdom was beyond anyone's understanding. So we're going to finish with our clip, as I said before. The song is by Lauren Daigle. It's called Rescue. Um, and it's very powerful words to the song, but I want you to, in particular, to look at the imagery, to see how the, the sprinkling of heaven through the person of Jesus changed lives and continues to change lives.